When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host, Matt Carter. I'm back on the West Coast, back from my Raleigh uh, homecoming, and boy, was it sweet. Scored some tickets for the game on Sunday, NC State UNC, and as I told Matt uh, when he asked about how my trip was, I said the tickets were worth every penny and more. We're going to get into uh, you know just reliving that great Sunday game against the Tar Heels, potentially sending one of the final nails in the coffin for UNC to maybe send them to the NIT. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Plus, we've got another great game from this week, NC State-Wake Forest. Fun game uh, on Wednesday night. The 83 team was honored at halftime. We'll talk about that. Plus, two games left in the regular season for the Wolfpack men. We'll discuss uh, what we think of those upcoming matchups, where NC State is positioned going into uh, the ACC tournament, NCAA tournament talk. I know Matt is can't wait to talk about the net rankings, um, so maybe maybe a little net rankings conversation, and if there's time, we'll also talk some some women's hoops as they continue to uh, make their way towards the conference tournament, which is coming up next week. So before we get into all that good stuff. Quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we're there. Plus, you can always watch us on YouTube. Uh, Please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have the chance, if you haven't done so already. I think we're very, very close to 2,000 subscribers. Uh, I can remember when we had less than 100. So (laughs) thank you guys very much for smashing that subscribe button. You guys have been great getting us to... uh, to close to 2000 subscribers, but if you haven't done so already, you're a loyal listener of the podcast that would help us out tremendously. Uh, even if you don't use YouTube, you probably have a Google account. So just head over to the Wolfpacker YouTube channel and, uh, and hit that subscribe button. That'll help us out a ton. If you're watching us on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. it helps us with engagement so that we can be shown to other Wolfpack fans out there. And uh, head over to thewolfpacker.com right now. Special deal going on for $29.99. You can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network through the beginning of college football season. So that's basically six months of premium subscription. It's going to take you to the end of August 2023, uh, $29.99. Typically, it's about 10 bucks a month. So that's about a 50% discount right now if you take advantage of it right now. Still a solid deal. As we talked about on the last time I was on the podcast, you know, parking isn't cheap to go to PNC Arena. I, I, I see that NC State Clemson is uh, a sellout on Saturday, so there's probably plenty of you that'll be going to PNC Arena to uh, to watch Senior Night, and uh, we'll need, you know, maybe some funds for parking. Here's your opportunity. You can save thirty bucks by uh, joining the Wolfpacker.com right now, taking advantage of that deal, and then there you go. Basically, parking is free. So. Uh, that's your excuse. And last but certainly not least, head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com for your premium cannabis, CBD, Delta 8, and Delta 9 goods. They have all kinds of great cannabis products, whether it's cannabis itself, uh, oils, tinctures, cartridges for discrete use, edibles, uh, lotions. There's all kinds of mediums to Enjoy the natural remedies of cannabis. Uh, great for dealing with symptoms such as trouble sleeping at night, uh, chronic pain and inflammation, um, even just general stress and anxiety. I know all of us out there you know, deal with one, if not more of those things on a day-to-day basis. And uh, this is a great natural way to, to help with some of those things. Cannabis, CBD, Delta 8, Delta 9, uh, founded by a uh, husband and wife. The husband is a disabled veteran that you know, dealt with some of those issues. Once he was introduced to these natural products, it changed his life for the better so much so that he wanted to start this company, make it a livelihood. 
and uh, proud sponsor of the Wolfpacker. Uh, com, the Wolfpacker podcast. They're also on the message boards. So if you have any questions about these products or you're just curious about, you know, what might best fit your symptoms or just general interest in, in their products, reach out to them uh, on the message boards. If you're not on the message boards, you can also use their chat feature uh, on rogueshop.com. You'll be talking to a real life human being. So Head over there now. They've got great products. Rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. And uh, support us by supporting them. All right, Matt. I think we gotta I think we gotta go back to Sunday. Um, I texted you about 10 minutes before tip-off. I said, look to your four o'clock. You were looking at your 12 o'clock at first. I think maybe the excitement of the game was Wait, 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 wait a second here. So in my book, 12 o'clock is straight ahead. So 4 o'clock uh-huh. would be like, you know, 6 o'clock is behind me, yeah. right? Yeah, so 4 so four o'clock is like kind of behind you, but also kind of to your, yeah, to your you're right. right. You're right. I was looking more like 2 o'clock. Now, I will, I will give you a defense. It looked like you were in between two UNC beat riders that, there on the baseline. So you might have been distracted <sighs> in some, you know, back and forth. Um I won't. I won't name particular names. I'm sure they're both kind young gentlemen. But uh, you know, it was an electric environment, and uh, you were you were able to wave at me. I was able to wave back. I flashed up my wolf sign for you, and then the next two hours were were great. Um, a little bit uncomfortable there for the first maybe hour, hour and fifteen minutes. But when you got to the six minute mark in the second half, it was a tie game with six minutes to go. And uh, that's when Jarkel Joyner uh, etched his name in NC State history, <laughs> went on an unbelievable tear. NC State goes on a 7-0 run, takes care of business from there. And with less than two minutes to go, there was never a doubt that NC State was going to win that game as the, uh, as the home crowd started chanting NIT, NIT, NIT towards the light blue Carolina blue bench. Um, yeah, so I'm going to repeat what I said before. It won't be popular. Yeah, NC State fans don't want that to happen. You want North Carolina to do well. You want North Carolina to get into the NCAA tournament picture because I think NC State's in a very safe position for the NCAA tournament. But it's not a lock. There's two games left. And one of the reasons why it's not a lock, they probably have played some of the fewest amount of quad one, quad two games of any power five team in the country. And that's basically been a byproduct of the ACC, by the way. ACC lack of quality hurts, you know, in that regard. And so it'd be nice if you get more NCAA tournament teams in the picture because NC State's beating all of these teams. But you didn't beat Virginia and you didn't beat Pittsburgh. You only got them once. So the only two teams you can say right now that you beat that are in the NCAA tournament are Miami and Duke. So, well, you've got you've got UNC and Clemson on the first four out last time I checked. You've got another game against Clemson. Yep. <clears throat> got another game against Duke. Um, but frankly, I don't. I mean, Matt, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, the same. But I, I mean, is NC State not a lock at this point? I mean, not if they, really. If, I mean, it, let me give you a hypothetical. If they lose out, no. Let Let me say, uh, you know, if they lose out. I mean, let's say this. Okay, here, let me run a hypothetical for you. They lose the last two games of the regular season to Clemson and Duke. Uh, and then Duke, uh, let's say Duke loses this weekend. Before they play NC State, Duke, uh, hosting Virginia Tech gets killed by 20 points. Uh, let's say on Saturday, Miami gets upset at home by Florida State. All of a sudden, your three quad one wins could just like that be one in the blink of an eye. So, and that's the problem. All their NC State quad one wins are like really borderline. They're I thought just... this. I thought this was a positive vibes <laughs> only. I came into this podcast hot. I came in. I came in ready to recap my my wonderful experience in Raleigh this I, past weekend. And then I, you're coming in here 
talking about, well, what if Duke loses by 20 to the fighting Mike Youngs? I'm listen. Uh, I guess if that happens, Matt, yeah, it might be a little bit uncomfortable on selection Sunday. Just saying. The I- odds of these things happening are very, very low. NC State has been fantastic at home on senior night, which might as well also be Terquavion Smith night because I don't think there's any way in heck that that Terquavion Smith is coming back next year. He will be going to the NBA draft. Uh, Might as well be a celebration for him. I've got a feeling Baby T has one one more special game ready to go um, on what could be and what probably will be his last game at PNC Arena wearing the red and white. Uh, but yeah, NC State has lost, what, one game at home this year? Yeah, and you know what? The, the weird thing about this team is they handle the prosperity well. They handle success well. And it's like you and I are probably trained to wait for that other shoe to drop, and that's probably why I freak out more about NCAA tournament chances than most people mm-hmm. because I know that two weeks is an eternity in, in college basketball. Um but yeah, you're right. I mean, look, uh, uh, and Dequavion Smith has never played well against Clemson. It's like one of those teams that has had his number through his career. So you know he's probably itching on Saturday in what could very well be his last game at PNT Arena to get one on the team that has had his number a little bit uh, over his career. And it's totally totally normal for NC State fans to have that uneasy feeling of okay, well, you just beat UNC. Now here comes a hungry Wake Forest team to PNC Arena. You know what's going to happen. There's going to be a hangover. Yeah. And 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 guess what? the The recipe was right there. Wake Forest comes out of the, comes out, makes their first six or seven shots. I think they were shooting like 80 percent in the first half. That was a offensive clinic that Wake Forest put on. Yeah. But NC State went toe to toe with them the whole way. Sorry about uh, that. No, all good. I didn't even. I don't even know what you're referring to. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, NC State matched that energy. They they didn't flinch, and they they did what they had to do in the first half to match the offensive explosiveness. Uh, went to halftime with a lead, and then got the defense right in the second half. Was it? Were, were able to make enough shots in the second half to? I mean, win that game comfortably. I. The game was, I think it was 25-20, 25-22. Wake Forest had a slight lead with maybe, you know, 10, eight minutes to go in the first half. I'd just gotten back from my flight, uh, looked over to my girlfriend and said, there's no way NC State is winning this game. There, <laughs> this is, this, this, I, I'm going to watch the rest, but this is, uh, this has Wake Forest win written all over it. And I should have known better because, the last time NC State played Wake Forest in Winston Salem, I think that was the that was the moment where I learned that this team is different. This is not some normal. This is not just another NC State team. This this team has a special chemistry about it, a special confidence about it that it just doesn't fall into the same tropes that I feel like NC State basketball teams in the past 20, 25 years have always seemed to do. Nah, yeah, yeah. That is 100% the main takeaway I've had so far this year. Yeah, they beat, and it really took Kevin Creech's credit. I mean, I think Kevin Creech deserves some credit. He's now 5-1 and one in games after beating UNC or Duke at NC State. Um, and this year's team, yeah, you beat Duke on January 4th. Your next game is at Virginia Tech. Who at that point had lost three or four games in a row. Um, I remember our co-worker Ethan McDowell went up to Blacksburg, Virginia to cover the game, and this, this is a must-win for Virginia Tech. And uh, what did NC State do? They beat Virginia Tech on the road for one of those three quad one wins I'm talking about. Um, and then, yeah, after the Carolina game you come back and you be waking they were just clearly a better team that you know when you watch the second half you're just like it's just a better team than wake that's just the bottom line they're just a better team than wake like wake has to play lights out to hang with entry state at home they had to make 12 or 13 shots and four or five threes to have a two-point lead over entry state at home that, that's not sustainable yeah and, and for one 
NC State when they played in my Winston tournament. You're right. NC State was the team you have to play 40 minutes against. Usually the other way around, right? We're talking about how our NC State was right there, played great for 25, 30 minutes, but they couldn't play a 40 minute game. You know, Wake Forest was the one that played great for 30 minutes. Yeah, that trademark train coming by the office like clockwork. Um, I think the UNC game. Yeah. I mean, how many times has NC State come out strong in the first half only for UNC to go to the locker room, reset, come back out in the second half? UNC had, what, about a five? Uh, what, what was the largest lead that UNC six. had? Six You're points? Six. Under, ten, under 10 minutes to go. Yeah. And, and NC State was the team that, you know, hit the gas at the right moments and and handled was just the poised team was what you would if you asked me which of these teams made a run to the national championship last year and had basically all of the returning cast come back it would it wouldn't have been carolina based on the way they handled that game and and i don't think carolina is a bad team i think they're that's the point i keep making when people say they're a bad team i'm like then what did that say for nc state's performance because no. You were there. They were a tied game with six minutes to go. They are a good team. But here's here's the fodder that that NC State fans can enjoy and, and tell all of their UNC friends. They are an extremely talented team. UNC probably has the most talent in the ACC. They're just not executing. Mm-hmm. They're just crumbling under pressure. They mm-hmm. just have bad chemistry. They just look like they don't want to be out there at times. Yeah. And... If that's your arch nemesis, you just love to see it because, you know, if, if you've got if you've got everything within your power to, you know, be the number one team in the country and you simply can't even make your way to the NCAA tournament. I think that's where it feels like finally, after many, many years for one season, the tides have turned and, and the narrative has flipped. And now NC State is the team that has the power and is the team that you don't want to you don't want to have to face shoes on the other foot for once and and that's you're, you're right i mean i think what what i like about this nc state team is i'm not so sure they don't have the best starting five complimentary starting five in the acc i think it's very close between them and miami and well, pittsburgh had a nice starting five too that brings uh, up an important point matt maybe you can give me some insider intel here yeah. that means jack clark is in that starting five How's he doing? <laughs> uh, I, I don't, you know, look, I, 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 I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. I don't, I don't think that there's something where we're not seeing Jack Clark for the rest of the year. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, it was I'm, a very startling moment, very startling moment yeah. when you see him hit the floor. But then when you watch the replay, you're like, oh, thank, thank goodness he didn't. It, it looked like he went head first on the ground at first. Yeah. You know, the, I, I joked with somebody, the swing they had his arm in would look like something you could have gotten at a CVS, you know, if you're, you're, if you're, you know, if you're one of those home remedy situations. There was no, my point being, there was no structural support system for the shoulder or the arm. I mean, there was no tape, there's no brace, there's no cast. It was just one of those simple slings, you know, if you see people have all the time. Um, so I, I, I guess that was very precautionary uh, in, in that moment. But uh, You didn't need him. You didn't need him to win that game. No, the way the game was playing out, look, I'll add. I mean, they, look, they played. They got injured in the Clemson game, and they went 1-0, 2-3, 4, 6, 7. They went like eight and two without him, you know, so um, technically he's not a starter, by the way. Greg Gant still started him for NC State. But your point is taken. He's playing playing the most minutes. NC State's best lineup is Morcell, Joyner, Smith, Burns, and Clark. Yeah. I think it would really help State if Mahorsik could come come back. I don't know what that status is. not for starting purposes, but for, for depth purposes. But I do think NC State has the most, and what I mean by complimentary is the pieces fit very well. They fit very well with each other. 
And that's what happened to UNC last year, by the way. They, they figured out a starting five. It fit very well together. And they all were playing peak form. Um, Georgia Tech, the year they won the ACC championship. That was an outstanding starting five that they had. And they were all like in their 19th year of college basketball at that point. And who was the young man from Raleigh that was so good ended up being ACC? Moses Wright. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was there at Georgia Tech so long that he, he became a really good player. I mean, if you saw him as a freshman, you never thought that was coming. Um, and ACC fans knew all too well that uh, Grand Theft Alvarado was, uh, was going to be <laughs> – a pest at the very least in the NBA. He's made a nice, he's, he's made a nice little career for himself uh, down in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is weird to see the shoe on the other foot for once where NC State is the, it's a team you have to play 40 minutes against. And um, so let's see if they can close it out. They've given you every reason to believe this team is different, that they'll be fine. And got nothing to worry about. Uh, they, they, they have not lost back-to-back games all year, by the way. Something I'm not sure has happened in a long time at NC State. Um, but there's also a reason why they're primarily on that 8-9 line in the NCAA tournament, which is if you lose two games in a row to, and then lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament, yeah, what, you, what, you dropping a couple of seed lines there? And if you drop a couple of key lines, where are you? Well, you're back on the bubble. Yeah. But again, I look, Matt, if you want to be the Grim Reaper here, <laughs> um, I know I know you're the guy that has to deal with the message boards if the worst case scenario happens. So uh, I, I completely get it. That was that was my cue that uh when this podcast is over, I gotta go flip my laundry. But uh <laughs> no rush, because we're we're having a good time talking talking Wolfpack basketball here. Um, I just don't see any, I, I would consider NC state a lock for the NCAA. When I consider a team a lock, I think if they lose out, will they still be in? And certainly we would not like to see NC state finish the year on a three game losing streak. And that would include a bad loss to a, uh, you know, likely a 12, 13, 14, 15 seed in the ACC tournament on Wednesday. Um, but that said, I still think if they lost all three of those games, I mean, Matt, it would it would take the type of crazy conspiracy theory, <laughs> you know, worst case scenario. Not only does NC State lose the next three games, but the teams they lose to also lose the rest of their games, and every every bad net outcome that could happen does. I I just don't see. It. I also have seen some seven seeds, Matt, and uh, if you're talking about NCAA tournament seeding. You know, I, I think, I think a seven to ten seed, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, that that's a great recipe for this team because, that, like you said, this starting five can match up with any team in the country. There are no juggernauts in college basketball this year. There might I be. Think, some- I don't think there will be juggernauts in college basketball for a while. To be honest with you, I, I, I'm not sure we've had a juggernaut in college basketball in probably ten years. And you know what? That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already have the best sporting event, the best postseason event in all of sports in the NCAA tournament because of the parity of the first two weekends. Well, now extend that through the through the entire tournament. That's what you're going to get. The, the UNC making it to the Final Four as a eight seed last year. I think there's a lot more of that to come. And when you look at potential eight, nine seeds that could make a run like that. I think NC State definitely has to be on that list of, let's say they get a Kansas in the second. I don't know. They wouldn't get Kansas probably in the second round because they played them in the regular season. But, I mean, NC State played Kansas as strong as anybody in the Big 12 has all season, uh, you know, in, in Maui earlier, this, or not Maui, the Bahamas. But um, I, I just, I think I think this team could, could go toe-to-toe with the one seed, upset them, get into the Sweet 16, and then, you know, yeah, no. it's, Look, it's anybody's ball game from that point. Eyeball test, you're absolutely right. I think NC State clearly is one of the very, very best teams. Um, I think NC State myself is a top 20 team in the country. 
myself. That's it. I, 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 hands up, don't have not watched every, you know, I'm not watching the Big 12 every night. I get that the Big 12 has unbelievable hype and, and five and 10 in the conference, West Virginia might even be seated ahead of NC State for all I know uh, in the, in the tournament. Um, but, you know, you know who else doesn't watch every game in college basketball? That selection committee. And uh, they're going by data. And that, that's probably why we're talking about 7 to 10 line. And the data just doesn't give a lot of help to NC State. And that's not their fault. That's a lot of it. Byproduct of having whatever that basketball team in Louisville is called. Um, you know, and the falling apart of Florida State and Notre Dame this year and and BC having a bad injury luck early in the year because they're a good team. I actually think Boston College is a good team. They were just missing a couple of really important players that if they had them all year long, they're probably 100 spots higher in the net. And Georgia Tech just completely went cold in, in January. And I told Matt Coe that Georgia Tech's the team you do not want to see if you're NC State in the ACC tournament. No. No. And that's quite possibly how it's setting up. That's why a double buy would be nice. Beat Clemson, you get yourself in position for a double buy, and then Clemson would have to, to probably take care of Georgia Tech in that first game. So, um, huge opportunity. I mean, it, going into this ACC tournament, it, it's been a long time since you've been able to look at the bracket, go up and down the bracket, and say, I like NC State's chances here. I might put a little future on them for the ACC tournament, <laughs> just because I, there are mad, there are bad mat. Let's talk about this, Matt. Other than Georgia Tech, that would be the that would be the double digit seed you don't want to see. I got two more that you know you'd ideally not want to see. I think Miami is just as good as NC State. They are. I think they're probably the best team in the ACC. But I think NC NC State's going to play a competitive game against Miami. You I just think know. You know it's going to be a close game. I think what's funny is I think Miami's the best team in the ACC, and I think NC State matches up the best with Miami of the teams in the ACC. The other team you don't want to face is UNC. Yeah, they do match. They actually, the thing is they actually match up fairly decent against NC State, which is why a game was competitive yeah. in Raleigh. And you know why you would want a double bye, too? By the way, it eliminates a bad loss. This is true. Well, it also it also means that you know. In all likelihood, it would, if it you make if it means if you make it to Saturday, DJ Burns is playing his third game in three days, not his fourth game in yeah. four days, and without knowing whether or not Mahorchic is going to be back by that point, you really need it to be the third game in three days. Yeah, um, and, and also, by the way, if you're getting a double bye, then you finish the regular season just fine and dandy. And I do believe this, by the way. Talk to me on Sunday. If they had beaten Clemson, I probably will say it's a lock now. Oh, yeah. I think they're one win away from putting a bow, locking it up, and we're just talking about where they're going to be seated. Buying Miami and Duke stubbing their toe and Virginia Tech losing out, and that could theoretically be a quad one that goes away too. Um, but buying those scenarios. I kind of feel like one win will do the trick. Well, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy because Clemson needs this game way more than NC state does. They do. um, the weirdest resume. I got very, they look fine on the top end. You know, the team that I'd love to see NC state play, maybe the semifinals. And you know, if they get that double buy or if they get the five seed, it'll probably match up that way. I want to see NC state play Virginia again. I think that NC State had its probably its worst performance in the ACC schedule up in Charlottesville. And yeah, out of Clemson, ironically, we're talking about Clemson. The performance down in Clemson was pretty, pretty rough too. Well, I mean, it's a simple game. As as Sydney Lowe, you know, Sydney Lowe is in the house on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He'll be the first to tell you it's a make or miss game, and uh, that was the case up in Charlottesville. It's not that NC State. It's not that every shot was contested. They just didn't hit the open ones. Nope. And Jarkel Joyner had a really, really rough game that game. How has he been since? Pretty phenomenal. 
I don't, I don't, something tells me that if he sees the Cavaliers one more time, you know, that was his first time playing Virginia. What was weird about that Virginia game is I felt like it got into uh, State's head a little bit. Oh, this is Virginia defense. Yeah. And it just felt like they were rushing shots. Like they were good looks and they were rushing to get them up rather than just take their time and, and shoot a nice shot on a good look. Because you're right, I felt like they had plenty of good looks. They felt like they were panicking. Oh, my goodness, I'm open. I got to shoot it. I got to shoot it in the hurry. Yeah, just take your time and shoot your normal shot. And uh, Need to Casey Morsell to talk to the guys. I mean, come on. I left this program. You know, nothing, nothing to but, be scared about, guys. But actually, if, if the seeding hold a current, it would probably be Miami in the semifinals. Because Miami had leaked past. Virginia after Virginia was had by the way since that NC State game where I felt like they were very surgical in that game very precise they looked terrible in Virginia yeah I mean yeah. they put on they put on an offensive clinic <laughs> and then against Louisville they had to dodge a shot at the end of the game that could have forced overtime then Notre Dame had a shot to win it. And then they did lose at Boston College, so they have not played well. Yeah, I, I would I would guess that they'll probably lose in Chapel Hill this weekend. Might not be a bad thing for NC State, by the way. I go back to what I said earlier. The only way I could okay here here if there's a way that maybe you know UNC beats Virginia, they lose to Duke, they go to the ACC tournament, needing another quad one win to get in, and then maybe NC State. Hands him one more nail in the coffin. I don't know. I pers- I personally would rather see NC State not have to play UNC in Greensboro. I'm I'm cool with the season split. Let's take it. Move on. Miami, come on. Duke, come on. Virginia, come on. Uh, I've I've seen this tale too many times to know that if UNC if NC State has the bragging right this much bragging rights over UNC for like this. Some, something's coming. Something's coming. <laughs> it's too. It's too good to be true. The. I mean, let's talk about the weekend. I mean, you start with a Thursday, the collapse by the UNC women in Reynolds Coliseum for NC State to come back, win that game in overtime. Uh, the wrestling. Personally, didn't watch it, but I know a lot of people out there did, and and apparently it was a, a butt whooping after the UNC wrestler beheaded the NC State wolf. I guess. <laughs> From that from that point on, I heard UNC didn't get another point. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't have a lot of points before then either. They won eight out. State won eight out of ten bouts. Not uh, even uh, even with uh, holding a couple guys back. As we've talked about this entire podcast, Sunday NC State wins in PNC Arena, and then they go across the street. The Ice Pack takes care of business in Carter Finley Stadium. So, in terms of domination over UNC, that might be that might be an all timer week. I mean, it, no doubt about it. That is an all timer weekend. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure you can read about it in the upcoming Wolfpacker magazine <laughs> that'll be uh, hitting mailboxes here soon. It was, a, it was an epic weekend. Um, yeah, I'm really happy for the women, too, because it's been a tough year for them. They, it, it, Westmore said, yeah, we, we created a monster. And so, you know, a team that beat Iowa on the road, beat Notre Dame at home, beat Louisville on the road, beat North Carolina at home. I mean, it's a nice list of accomplishments for that team and um but they're also going to be in that eight nine game in the acc tournament and it's so considered when, a big disappointment when so he says created a monster does he mean the schedule or does he mean expectate like just the uh, expectations of you win three straight acc title tournament titles you're a number one seed the yeah. last two years and so you know Expectations are you're going to be a top, you know. I think there was a, a thought that hey, NC State's turning the corner to be a perennial top 10 team, and um, it just hasn't gone gone that way this year. Well, uh, Elisa, uh, Elisa Cunanes don't grow on trees, you know. I mean, that you lose one of your best players in program history, you lose a slew of you know senior members in your backcourt, there's going to be some growing pains. I would anticipate NC State will be right back where the standards have been set for the program in the seasons to come. Kind of, I mean, 
they're one of those programs that can restock and reload within the transfer portal every year and with recruiting and everything. But the ACC keeps getting better and better. And, you know, when you lose that much talent after a season like last year, it's a reasonable expectation to maybe see some growing pains this year. And, and if the growing pains year means that you're going to win those games, like you already listed, Matt, have those, have that list of accomplishments and still be a lock for the NCAA tournament. And who knows what they do in Greensboro. They've obviously had a great track record of playing great in Greensboro the past few seasons. So, yeah, and I think the diff- way the big difference for this team is that they've lost games they shouldn't in the women's side, and that's what made it hard, which is why it was nice for them to have that moment in Reynolds Coliseum in front of a sold-out crowd, you know, a small stadium, big big wins. I think with the the, mantra, the T-shirt that was being printed out for Courtney Bainhart's uh, arrival at Reynolds Coliseum, yeah. It's strange about the team is that you look at the bottom four teams and they've lost to three out of four of the bottom four teams in the ACC this year. And if you just win those games, you're 11 and six right now instead of eight and nine in the conference. Now you got last place Pittsburgh coming to Reynolds. You know, hopefully you take care of business there and that you finish nine and nine in the ACC. So. But it was nice for them in particular. At the wrestling, you expected the men. It was it was exciting. It was as loud as I've heard PNC. Um, but there was also a little bit of relief. Again, I think that you actually pulled that out. Ice pack was just cool. But I might have been happier for the women's team to have that moment in a year like what they've kind of been up and down. Uh, I was happiest for the men. I was happiest for the the fans at the men's game. I was happy for the yeah, what a what an environment. It felt good to be it felt good to have a college basketball environment that felt pre-pandemic. Yeah, I don't know about you Matt, but I thought that first half Sunday NC State UNC men's game. Uh I thought the first half maybe there was a little hangover, probably a lot of the fans there went to that stadium series game, probably late night for many folks there. Wasn't yeah. as wasn't as intense maybe as i thought in the first half but when that run happened in the second half it's it's as loud as i've ever heard it i didn't yeah i heard that but i also heard that maybe that was my vantage point and i'm sitting in front of the band so it's always loud to me yeah um yeah. but i think it was just a matter of um it just wasn't any explosiveness to that first half i kind of feel like that's how a lot of those games start out it, it it's in a buildup of intensity uh, that 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 reaches a crescendo at, at with you know six seven minutes to go. Yeah, well, maybe I have a different perspective. I, I definitely have heard that that a lot of people didn't feel like it was there was a lot of it was maybe sleepy. I thought it was loud. It just wasn't an explosive. Well, there weren't any fl- like you said. There weren't any flurries. Like that's yeah. kind of how the crowd gets going is when you go on a run, and it would mm-hmm. be you know, a nice shot here and there, and then UNC would respond. And then, you know, whenever it – before that last final run, it felt like every time NC State had momentum, you know, UNC would go down, they'd they'd stop UNC, and then UNC would get two or three offensive rebounds and and still be able to execute points. And that was a concern. Uh, You know, that's kind of why you don't want to see UNC in Greensboro. It's just UNC is going to be able to exploit exploit the boards, exploit the offensive rebounds – um, but credit to NC State for what they finished that game with one turnover. Two? Really, three technically, but one they had one turnover, and then Ernest Roth blew the dunk and tried to try to. I don't know what he was trying to do, to be honest with you, but that was not a, you, you can't hang on the rim and try to put back your own missed dunk. And then there was a jump ball situation on an inbound pass with like 30, 30 seconds to go. There was a third turnover. That's actually one of the quiet strengths of this team. You know, for a lot of the criticism that Kevin Keats has about, that received, I should say, about his offense, um, they don't turn the ball over. You know, I think a lot of people say, oh, it's just, you know, AAU basketball, it's just pickup basketball, whatever. Hey, I would kind of dispute that. I think that's the way every team plays college basketball now. It's the same offense Miami runs. With Jim Laranega, basically. Um, but two, they take care of the basketball. That was the difference against Wake Forest. Uh, turnover margins and points off turnovers. 
And I think it was Notre Dame, maybe, where they had one turnover our game or two turnovers our game. Yeah, so. If you look at the statistical outliers of this team, that is the one that jumps off the page is NC State is nationally elite when it comes to turnover rate on offense. And obviously they're an above average team at creating turnovers on the other end, on the defensive end. So, yeah, I mean, simple game. Win the turnover margin, you're going to create more opportunities for yourself to make more baskets. And uh, that's what this team's been doing. Let's see if they can keep doing it for another two games in the regular season. Take that to Greensboro and then see where the selection committee sends them. But uh, let me do it real quick. I want people to understand the net a little better. So I'm going to give you a two-minute dumbed-down version of it. Uh-oh. Nobody tune out. Nobody tune uh, out. Just yeah. Now, because this first thing I'm going to tell you is going to save you a lot of headaches. It doesn't matter where NC State's ranked. So do not pay attention to where NC State is ranked. Everybody. Don't, that's not, it's where your opponents are ranked that makes it what matters. All the NCAA is doing with the net is putting a value on a game. They're putting a value on the team you play and where you play them based on how that team has performed throughout the year against who they have played and where they have played them. And that's all it is. And so they're saying that if you play Florida International at home, you should win that game if it's a quad four game. But if you play Virginia Tech on the road, they're not an NCAA tournament team unless they win the ACC tournament, right? But based on how Virginia Tech has done and how they have played, particularly at home, there's a lot of value in winning that game. It's a quad one game. That's a valuable win to have. I, you know, and that's all it is. At the net in a nutshell. And so it's all about where your opponents are ranked, which is what has kind of hurt NC State this year because the ACC has been so far down. Um, so they haven't gotten a lot of quality value from the games they played in the ACC. So didn't even take two minutes, people. You didn't have to tune out. But I, hopefully uh, you, you learned a lot more about uh, the, the net there. The, every, every statistical model is going to have its strengths and its weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I think it's better than the RPI. Uh, is net perfect? Absolutely not. Um, would you rather see Ken Palm be used as the metric? I don't know. I mean, then, then, then you're going off of rather than wins and losses, you're going off of a team's potential. And is that fair? Cause it's kind of skewed because there's preseason rankings involved. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wouldn't use It's funny. Somebody uh, on Twitter compared Pittsburgh and Liberty and was like, how the heck is Liberty higher in the net? And I go back to you're making mistake number one. Doesn't matter. Which what mattered was with the other information that was included in that tweet, which was the record against quad one, quad two, quad three, away from home, yada, yada, yada. Number two, if you go to Kempom, the difference between the two is actually greater. Liberty was even higher and Pittsburgh was even lower because those metrics that included do reward efficiency. They award how you play in a game. And Steve Forbes was like, can't believe, Wake Forest coach, who I love, great interview, by the way, on YouTube.com as a post-game press conference after NC State beat Wake Forest. You know, he couldn't believe that they beat Georgia Tech and went down some spots and Georgia Tech went up. This is how it happened. You were net like 70 at the time. Georgia Tech was like net 225. You're playing them in Winston-Salem. Georgia Tech led for a lot of that basketball game. Georgia Tech led until you made two free throws with 10 seconds left at the end of the game to win by one. Of course you're going to go down. And of course Georgia Tech's going to go up. You're about 150 spots higher in the net than them, playing them on your home court. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. That's like saying, oh, Georgia Tech played better than their net ranking, and you didn't play as well as your net ranking. So I kind of like that it's not all about wins and losses. It's about you know, a little bit of factored in on how you actually play against who you actually play. I think the one thing that could make the net make a little more sense, why do games 
the games are weighed the same at the fir- first week of November as they are in the last week of February. Mm-hmm. But Matt, you've been doing this for a long time. You tell me which week is more important in college basketball. I do like to think the uh, I think the committee made a mistake when they did away with the last ten games of the year metric. Um, I thought that was a mistake. Nobody knows the formula within that, but I believe it's a dynamic rating in the sense of that first game, whatever you did that first game, your value, your performance, your grade or whatever, they change based on, like, for instance, North Carolina beat Ohio State. That was a big win for them in December, right? Yep. Well, Ohio State stinks. So I think the value that North Carolina got from that win in December probably is not the same value in the net now that they get. And I see that, and I mentioned that because I've seen NC State go up two or three spots when they're not – Nobody around them played a game, and no NC State didn't play a game. But it was a Friday night, and Dayton beat some team on the road by 20 points, and Dayton bumped up in the net by like five or six points, spots. And consequently, NC State got rewarded. That win over Dayton in November looked a little bit better, so they get a little bit of a bump based on that. So I do think that is somewhat accounted for in the metric. Yeah, it just seems that, you know, everybody's talking about ACC having a down year. And is it a vintage ACC season? Absolutely not. And it doesn't help that Duke and UNC are both unranked, one of which is struggling to make the NCAA tournament. The other is sure, not a lock at this point, but is probably trending towards making the NCAA tournament. But I've got um, a seven seed or something in that neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, Duke's comparable resume to NC State based on the seeding that I've seen, yep. even though – I think NC State's the better team, but Duke is also another. T- Duke is another example of Duke is a better team now than it was in November mm-hmm. because it has a lot of freshmen. NC State probably hasn't had that same level of. Uh, NC State was hasn't had that same amount of growth from the beginning of the season because it's an old, experienced team. Yeah. So it kind of comes down to roster makeup, and you know. Did the ACC struggle in out-of-conference play? Yes, that's why the metrics are skewed. But it's not going to shock me at all to see, you know, five, six, I don't know how many ACC teams are going to make the NCAA tournament. But whoever does, it's not going to surprise me to see a majority of them end up in the second weekend, and then everyone's going to say, oh, wow, where did this come from? You know, it's the same thing that happened last year. It's the same thing that happened last year, and guess what? Two ACC teams were in the Final Four. Three of them were in the Elite Eight. Yeah, actually, the, the team that lost in the Elite Eight had a pretty sizable halftime lead over the Trenton National Champion, Kansas. In my, we're talking about Miami. Um, they had a nice lead on Kansas in the Elite Eight at halftime, and it would have been three ACC teams in the Final Four. And you cannot final, tell me. You cannot uh, tell me the Big Ten is a better conference. ACC went 13-12 and 12 against the Big Ten this year. And won the and, and won the Big Ten Challenge. And I, some of it, too, what you said earlier, that Matt Coe kind of hopped on this. National media doesn't know what to do when the best teams in the ACC are not Duke and Carolina. Right. And I think you can make a case, for instance, Miami made the Elite Eight last year. Returned quite a bit of talent, and they went out and purchased themselves a couple good transfers. I'm just stating facts for the public record. It's out there, so I can say that. Um. If that were Carolina or Duke with that resume coming back, they would have been preseason top 10. I don't think Miami was even preseason ranked. If Carolina or Duke were Miami from last year coming back this year and playing like Miami this year, they're probably top five in the country right now. And Miami's not even top 10. So I think there is an element of that at play right now, too. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. That, to me, Big 12 is – without a doubt, the best conference in the league. And then after that, there's good teams, there's bad teams in every conference. ACC is being dragged by the bottom of its conference right now. That's what happens when you have 15 teams in your league. There's going to be some bad, there's going to be some bad eggs. You can't tell me that these SEC teams, you know, how many of them are going to make it to the second weekend? Maybe two, maybe two. I think ACC has more contenders to make it to the second weekend, but 
All right. Well, we've we've dwelled enough on this podcast. We've talked net. We've talked rivalry talk. We've talked men's and women's hoops. So now it's time to time for let Matt you guys walk in baseball. Yep, Matt's gonna go watch baseball. You guys are gonna enjoy the game Saturday, uh, noon tip off, senior day, sellout crowd, Wolfpack fans. You gotta make it a home crowd advantage, a big one. Think of it as a win and you're in type game. I think it's gonna be an electric uh, environment. Can't wait to watch it on TV, and uh, we'll see what the pack can do in Durham, the final game of the regular season. We'll be back for another episode probably after that to maybe set up some ACC tournament talk, maybe an ACC tournament preview. Um, so for the, the good listeners and viewers at home, some quick reminders on your way out, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You can also watch us on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment while you're at it. You can follow us on social media, at The Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can give me a follow, at Justin H. Will on Twitter. Uh, NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com on Facebook. Head over to the Wolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a special deal going on right now for $29.99. You can get premium subscription to the Wolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network through the end of August 2023. So that's going to take you to the beginning of college football season. $29.99. It's normally about $10 a month for a premium subscription to the Wolfpacker.com. So for six months, that's about a 50% savings. You're saving $30. If you're going to the game, parking's free, right, with your savings. So, anyways, it's a good deal, and uh, the deals have dwindled and dwindled as the Wolfpacker has blown up and so has on three. So you better take advantage of this deal now. I'm serious because there might not be another one down the road. Um, we'll see. We're, we're, it's above our power. But anyways, head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of that subscription. $29.99 gets you through August 2023. Last but certainly, certainly not least, Head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com for your premium cannabis, CBD, Delta 8, and Delta 9 goods. They've got premium cannabis itself, uh, cartridges, tinctures, oils, uh, edibles, lotions, all kinds, whatever medium you can think of for cannabis ingestion, they have it. And head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast, husband and wife, small business. They started this business. The husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to these natural products when he dealt with symptoms such as stress and anxiety, trouble sleeping at night, pain and inflammation. Once he was turned on to these natural products, changed his life for the better so much so that he wanted to make a livelihood out of it. And uh, thus, rogueshop.com was created. And he's passing along to the good folks and listeners of the Wolfpacker podcast. So head over there now. You can support us by supporting them, rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. That's going to do it for this podcast. For Matt Carter, I'm Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker podcast.